The following is brought to you by Braided Media. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Narratives of Purpose. My name is Claire Marie Gandhi. I am a scientist by training, a TEDx speaker and your host on this show. This podcast is dedicated to amplifying social impact by bringing you inspiring individual stories of ordinary people who are making extraordinary impact within their communities and around the world. If you're looking for a program that showcases unique stories of change makers, stories of people who are contributing to make a difference in society, and at the same time, you want to be inspired to take action, then look no further, you are in the right place. So get comfortable and listen in to my conversations. On this week's episode, I continue to discuss dialogue and understanding with my new guest, Mamobo Ogoro. Mamobo is the founder and CEO of Gorm Media, an impact-focused digital media company based in Dublin, Ireland. In this conversation, Mamobo shares with me how her company's content addresses social issues with diverse perspectives. Please take a moment to rate and to review our show wherever you listen to your podcasts. And for now, listen to Mamobo's journey and her vision to spark a movement of unity and shared understanding. Today, I am joined by Mamobo Ogoro. She is based in Ireland, and it's a great pleasure to have you on the podcast. Hi, welcome. Hi, Claire. Lovely to be here. I'd like to share just a few words of background on how I met you to the audience, just for them to know and to understand why I'm inviting you today. So about a year ago, that was early 2021, I attended um, a webinar on social enterprise, which was celebrating social entrepreneurs. You were moderating one of the sessions. And I remember that I connected with you right away because I really liked the way you had, you know, dr- driven the conversation during that webinar. And um, along the way, I realized as well that you are yourself a social entrepreneur. You are the founder of Gorm Media. Um, but before we speak about that, I'd like you to introduce yourself to our listeners. What would you like to share with them? Yeah, thank you so much, Claire, for inviting me. I'm so glad to be on the podcast today. Um, so yeah, my name is Mamobo Ogoro. I'm the founder of Gorm Media. I am also a PhD candidate in the University of Limerick here in Ireland. And my research looks at the social and media representations of um, multicultural identities and the multicultural reality of Ireland. And what I found in my research was a lot, there was a huge lack when it came to like the nuanced uh, representations when it came to telling um, adequate, adequate stories and when it came to identity development as it relates to um, social representation and um, people understanding themselves through looking at um, images, looking at media, looking at art. So I was like, okay, how am I, I'm, I'm, how am I going to sit on all this information? And for myself as well, for someone that grew up in Ireland, I was like, I didn't see that myself personally. And now I have the research to back it up. What do I do about it? And a lot of researchers, they have their impact is like after 35 years of research and I was like I can't do that so um I sat on the idea I had this idea just to um create a sort of media based multimedia based project and things like that so I had the idea for like two years and I think it was like fear procrastination all these kind of things that just stopped me from doing that 
And uh, during COVID-19, when everybody was like at home, reflecting on life, sitting at home, eating, watching t- TV and things like that, um, we saw this huge rise in social consciousness, social awareness and social movements, particularly in Ireland as well. It was like the first time like mainstream media was focusing on social issues such as like racism, race, understanding these concepts. But one thing I really noticed was that because it was sort of like a new discussion in Ireland, particularly, there was a lot of divisions and there was a lot of like polarization between arguments and and, uh, discussions. So I was like, okay, one, this is not this is not like creating common ground. This is not creating dialogue. This is not creating like a democracy. It's actually bridging people apart more than anything. And two, the the representations that were I was seeing in mainstream media at the time were just not nuanced enough to really show that um in that case people of color were more than just their identity or more than just a person of color. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start something. <laughs> I'm going to create my own thing. And um, Gorm Media actually started off as um, a web show called Gorm TV, which highlighted the social issues that affect Ireland's multicultural generation. So I brought in uh, young people of culturally diverse backgrounds and um, different disabilities, different ages, different awarenesses and we just came together and discussed the issues that were reflecting in our community and how we felt about it and created a, a space to have different perspectives and nuanced perspectives in um, Irish discourse. And jumping off the back of that, what happened was that it was put on my lap. There was this program called the Ideas Academy for um, Social Entrepreneurs Ireland, which is an, a non-for-profit organization that supports people who have ideas for social change in their community. So I just applied randomly and <laughs> I got I got the place. And from that, uh, the, from that, they helped me to develop the idea of, okay, it just doesn't need to be a web show. It can actually be a social enterprise. It can be a company. It can be something bigger than just me talking to my webcam. <laughs> so so um, what happened was that we developed, they helped me develop the idea and they helped me launch our pilot project. And we in that process, we changed our name as well to Gorm Media. And um, from there, it's just like skyrocketed. Because um, there was, again, with the whole consciousness around social issues and things like that in Ireland, people were becoming eager to see this kind of content, see the perspectives of people of different and diverse backgrounds, add to the conversation as well. Because sometimes when we talk about diversity, they think of um, people in the margins, let's say. But in terms of multiculturalism, it means everybody on the table, everybody discussing. So I wanted to create a space where everyone's voice mattered in the conversations and everyone's perspective mattered. And if we agree to disagree at the end of the conversation, that's okay. That's perfectly okay. As long as at the end of the day, we respect each other as humans who are worthy of dignity and respect. That is how I just kind of see the whole vision of, of Gore Media. And our whole vision is to like really spark a movement of that unity and shared understanding, which I believe comes through open discourse and open dialogue. And yeah, we're on a mission just to, I always say myself, I'm on a mission to unify the world. <laughs> and it starts with having open discourse and open dialogue uh, with people who are outside your belief bubble, I like to call it. On your website and also on LinkedIn, it also states that you are a impact-focused digital media company with a mission to spark a movement of unity. And this idea of movement, 
I find it quite interesting because it's really reflecting what is happening because from your explanation there, it seems to me that you also acted in, in the sense of urgency because of things that were happening. You had to do something. Is that correct? Explain to people, right? Th this is not exactly what you see. There's more to it. What I noticed, especially in the digital online space, is that people wanted to be heard more than listen and people wanted to get all everything out rather than understand the perspective of someone else and put themselves in their shoes, empathize basically. So our platform really generates that space in which people can have their voice heard and particularly people on the in marginalized communities, they have their voice heard, but at the same time, listen or actively listen to people of different backgrounds, experiences and understandings to really gain that understanding. Yes, it may not be of your own political or religious or social um, agreement, but you can actually, at the end of the day, just respect that that person's humanity and really hone into that fact that at the end of the day, we're just humans trying to do this thing called life. So yeah, it's really important for us in, in our, in our um, social enterprise to have this space in which, yes, we are very multicultural, yes, we are diverse, but at the end of the day, we are all humans who are worthy of dignity and respect. So you said something there before um, that it kind of picked up really quickly. You were not expecting that. You know, has that been a challenge for you or how did you deal with that? Yeah, it, it, it's been a good challenge. <laughs> I always tell people it's been the scariest thing I've ever done in my life, to be honest. But it's been the most fulfilling thing I've ever done in my life at the same time. It's this constant feeling of excitement and terror. <laughs> I think that's just a lot of entrepreneurs will, will agree with that excitement and terror at the same time. But the support that I've had from my local community, from a national community as well, has just been overwhelming. Just It's just been great to see that people really do believe in this mission. And I think a part of the reason why I didn't act on it for a while was that I just didn't think that people would actually like back it up. But once I started to get that affirmation, it kind of pushed into my confidence and made me more confident in myself and then impacted our mission as well and impacted everything that we were doing. So since then, we've been supported by um, organizations such as Humanity in Action. Humanity in Action, our local um, arts and culture office. We've been supported by um, the Limerick Innovation Center. We've been supported by the university that I'm in as well. And it's been just great to see that there are many um, institutions, bigger institutions that are opening to partnering with us and working with us on our, our, our mission and, and being a part of that mission as well. Some of the challenges that I have I've had have been <laughs> um, it's been very hard kind of trying to time manage <laughs> everything um, because I thought it was just going to be going slowly and I could be I could be working on it and working at, on my PhD as well because I'm in my final year and this is crunch time now. <laughs> So um, I didn't think it was just going to pick up as quickly as it is. So it's working on my time management, working on how to say no on things that don't align with my mission, even though they sound, might sound really interesting and I really love to do it. I just have to be like, no, I just have to do my PhD and I have to do Gore Media. That's all that is on my agenda right now. So um, anything outside of that is it's just I have to preserve my time as well. And one of my main goals as well for 2020 is just like, to rest <laughs> because um, it picked up so quickly and I was like overworking a lot last year as well. So this time I just tried to make a specific schedule to have time to do the two of them and have time for myself too. 
And in terms of support, uh, you mentioned a few institutions there, and I noticed that a few days ago, just at the beginning of 2022, actually, um, you posted something on LinkedIn where you were listed as one of the ones to watch in 2022 by the Irish Independent Weekend magazine. And I'd like to know, you know, what does that represent for you, for you personally and also for Gorm Media? Yeah, I think for me personally, first of all, it was a huge honor <laughs> to be put on the list. I didn't, again, I didn't envision that it was going to have such a quick um, impact and such a quick um, buy-in by bigger, um, more national um, magazines and newspapers as well. So it was really, I was very delighted to see that. And personally, again, I, I think it goes back to the confidence thing. Um, I'm a worrier and I have a lot of anxiety about some things. So, so it's nice to see that things that you may have in your idea, in your head, and things that you may have put yourself down for or be like, oh, I can't do that. It's not, it's not going to work out when magazines of high standards and high acclaim they say that no actually like <laughs> this is a great idea you're actually um someone that we're on the lookout for in the future it just it, it makes you just feel surreal <laughs> to be honest and it makes it makes you feel like okay something i'm doing is actually impacting my community in a positive way and from that we can actually make positive change in our society as well so it's been just an amazing journey and in terms of um um, Gore Media as well. It's helped us to be because a lot of our work is video focused and digital uh, digital content as well focused. So it just being on that list would help us create more strategic partners. It would give us a more credible foot footing when we want to go for um, our bigger dreams in the future as well. So it's just really um, surreal just to have that um, support and have that backing from um, larger broadcasters and larger media as well. Speaking about specifically Gorm Media, you said before it is a multimedia-based product. Tell me more about that. Again, I, I already said that we started off as Gorm TV and we've just been evolving ever since. And our pilot project titled This Is Them. So right now I'm doing quote unquote quotation marks for those who are listening. But um, the quotation marks are intentional to show that um, there's always more to quote unquote them. So in that video series, we um, brought people of different and diverse backgrounds to talk about the issues in their community, to highlight the nuances in their communities as well, and to really show audiences that there's always more to them. So in our pilot series, we talked to um, people who are Muslim women, uh, we talked to queer men, we talked to autistic women, we talked to um, black people and we talked to mixed heritage people as well. And each episode, they were questions and um, conversation points and statements that our larger audiences wanted to know about these communities and these people spoke about their issues, spoke about their stories in a way that highlighted the fact that, yes, they were in these communities, one, but two, they were just themselves. They were an individual before they were in these communities as well. That's our pilot project titled This Is Them. And going forward, um, we secured funding to, to continue the project and to have 10 more episodes um, in 2022. But we'll be looking for new communities to talk to. And it's not restricted just to cultural identity, but it's just communities that have generally been othered by society and just to have their voice be the pillar of their media representation. And going forward as well, we're also um, 
dabbling in different areas as well and testing out different video projects that we may pursue in the future. In our social media, we have um, weekly segments in which we de delve into news and current affairs. And we um, have a space for um, our audience to say their comments and talk to each other as well, creating that space for dialogue too. In the future, we're going to be testing out writing segments too. So right now we have like a call for young people to come in and write about their stories. The topics are um, politics and religion, ethnicity, race and culture, sex and sexuality and gender and popular culture. So we're creating a space for people who may not be as open to having their face in video content, but also want to get their voice heard as well. So it's been a space of exploration for us because we're still starting up, testing out what works and what doesn't work with um, our platform and with our audience. But it's been a great journey and understanding what works and actually working with um, larger broadcasters as well to actually get the content out to um, even a wider audience as well. You were mentioning there that you're also very much listening to what your audience is saying. So you have a direct connection with them. So whenever you put something out, they're able to come back to you to tell you what they think about it, what they would do differently. That's really ongoing, right? All the time. We have an advisory panel as well of young people that have participated in our shows, our audience, our community and things like that. People that I've, I've just noticed that They've been really engaged and they're just like a set group of people that um, I have sort of that qualitative contact with, if you get what I mean. And then the more on the quantitative side, it's more of like feedback forms, discussion forums and things like that with the wider. Um, we have an audience of just over 4000 people online that engage with us on a regular basis with the content that we put out. So it's it's very telling and I even have learned so much from the audience as, as well we would get dms from people from different communities and say no that doesn't that's not a part of uh, my experience my experience is this and this in this community even though we showed someone's voice of their community they're like no I, I've never experienced that and it gives our team more insight in terms of how we channel our questions how we um, talk to our community and how we create that open dialogue as well. We're always in a space of learning, especially for our team as well, always in a space of learning and always getting perspective from people of different background. Again, it's not boxing people in groups of gender, sexuality and things like that, understanding the individual experience and, and the individual story of that person. Um, even though that story is backed up by those characteristics, but understand their humanity as well. So you've been doing a lot of video and you're planning on writing, as you were mentioning before. Um, any plans of doing audio? Because there's a lot of audio in digital space. L like right now, we are having this conversation as a podcast, as audio digital content. So are you also going to explore that part? We are. <laughs> so if you want to write an article, we are open, we're not just um, um, restricted to Ireland. If you have a voice and you want your voice to be heard, you can write, you can pitch to us or write an article that you would love us to put on our website. And you can email editor at gourmetia.com. And one thing that would happen as well, each week from the articles that we get in, our editor would um, turn that into a sort of talking piece, if you get what I mean, or get the person, if we were really moved by a, an article, we can get that person to record it as a talking piece and we turn it into like a short on YouTube video and put it on audio platforms as well. So that's sort of like an idea that we're testing out now. We want to see if it works out, but it's all in the sort of pilot process as well as we're gathering the, um, the articles for writing and everything like that. So you also mentioned before that, you know, people don't have to be necessarily in Ireland. What parts of the world are you connected with? Do you have people from all over the world? 
Yeah, so um, I was actually doing it this morning, just <laughs> tracking um, the audience and things like that. But um, so the vast majority, of course, of our audience is in Ireland. I believe roughly like 80 something percent is in Ireland. But we do have audiences in um, the UK, the US, mostly English speaking countries. And because my background is in Nigeria as well, we have audience members in Nigeria too watching. You also said before that you have bigger dreams for the future. Is there anything you could already share with us at this point? Yeah, so I think one of my big dreams is to like turn Gore Media into like a home for different media outlets and different projects, if you get what I mean. So one thing is we right now we're doing sort of like digitally based um, short form content, things like that that are quick. But one of my things as well is to start working on like, let's say documentaries and um, more longer form content and uh, work on um, films, short films and things like that to have a different perspective on the stories that we have heard in on our platform or, or, or things like that. Our creative director, she's a photojournalist and she does documentaries as well um, on the side too. So um, we're always trying to explore avenues and this is probably like in three, four years time in the future for us, but we want to create a, a platform that just houses different forms of media that tell different stories and put those stories in a way that is nuanced and have those stories in a way that really shows the human experience more than anything like that because there are fundamental feelings that we all have in common and we all share um such as like love joy happiness sadness anger and we want to highlight that using um diverse and different voices in our community in ireland as well so it's it's a huge dream that I have for the future. I have other dreams as well in terms of like having our own studio space and everything like that, that we can create our own in-house content and things like that. But um, that's for like five years time me. <laughs> Not right now. We're still trying to get the whole startup thing going. But in the future, I just, I, I see it. I have a vision board right in front of me <laughs> that reminds me every single day what I want. And I just continuously uh, work on it mentally. And then it, it manifests in my physical actions. So right at the end of the show, I like to ask these three questions, which are my quick three questions about, you know, getting a sneak peek into your readings or your music. So the first one is, what book are you reading right now? Or if you're more of a music person, you know, what music or what song are you repeatedly listening to these days? The book that I'm reading right now is actually quite relevant to the work that we do in Gora Media in terms of unifying communities, creating common ground. And the book I'm reading is called Beyond Your Bubble by Tanya Israel, and it's how to connect across a political divide. So it's a really interesting book on conversation tactics and conversation strategies that one can use in order to truly empathize and connect with people that they on their day to day wouldn't necessarily agree with. So that's great. In terms of music, I, I have been obsessed with um, Disney's Encanto. <laughs> I know it's a kids movie, but I have been obsessed with this, with the whole um, album, and it's it really the movie actually very spoke to me because um, if you haven't watched it, I'm gonna say a spoiler right now. But one can um, if you come from an immigrant household, 
you can definitely relate to a lot of the characters in terms of family pressure and the 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 difficulties when it comes to uh, migrating into a new country leaving a legacy behind and the pressure uh, for a lot of migrant children to be uh, perfect <laughs> so the songs really reflect that and they're really cool kind of bopping music as well too so th- those are the two um, to that question and the second question is is there a song or even a book that was particularly special for you at a specific time in your life? One of my favorite artists, her name is India Ari. She sings a lot of music that relates to wellness, self-love, um, self-acceptance, and all these sort of things that happen in a young person's life, or anybody's life, at any stage of life. And I remember going through just a huge kind of down period this was before even COVID, just a not a good mental health period. Self-confidence was low and everything was low. And I just, I was at the point of, I was early in my PhD and I kind of wanted to quit it. But um, that song, she has a song called I Am Light, which kind of reminds you that you are not your history. You're not your past. You're not your the color of your skin. You're not anything that the world defines you, but you are just the soul that you are inside and you are worthy of love just as you are, not because of your accolades, not because of your achievements, just as you are. That was one of the songs that really kind of pulled me through that sort of dark period. I remember listening to it like constantly, (laughs) but it was a great song that really pulled me out of that sort of darker period in my um, young adulthood. And the final question is, do you have a book or even a piece of music that you absolutely recommend for our listeners? One audio book that I have been listening to, um, it's really great and it's about moral psychology on how, again, political divide and understanding why people are divided in society. It's called um, The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt, Why Good People Are Divided by Politics and Religion. It's a really great book to understand the academic kind of side of it and the human side of it and understanding the positives, the negatives of both the left and right parties in terms of political spectrums and um, understanding how we can come together and meet in the middle. So it's yeah, it's really interesting. And before I let you go, I have one last question. You know, what is for you the biggest learning really in all this journey that you've had in this, you know, social enterprise? What is your biggest learning at this point? Right now, because of last year, um, I had kind of um, moments of burnout and stress and panic attacks. So one of my probably biggest learning points, particularly as it pertains to my goals for this year, is to rest. (laughs) The mission will always be there and the mission's not going to work if you're not able to work. (laughs) So you have to have um, adequate restful periods in order for you to drive the mission to the best of its ability. Sometimes I put the mission before myself (laughs) and my own physical and mental health. So I've learned that I need to take care of me first. And if I'm mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally sound, then the mission would be to the best of its ability. The mission will be going forward as it should go forward. Well, thank you for sharing that. I really like it. The mission will not work if you're not able to work. And as you say, it's really important to... Not forget that, you know, if you're driving it, you also need to be as fit as possible. And the mission is always there. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. 
It's been a great pleasure to have you on the show and I will be watching out to see your evolution. But I have to say in the past year that I've been following what you're doing, it's really amazing. And congratulations on you and your team for that. You're really making a great change. Thank you so much, Claire. Creating a platform that houses different forms of media, which tell different stories showing the human experience is truly an inspiring dream. And I am definitely looking forward to see this become a reality. In the meantime, you can check out Gorm Media on their website at gormmedia.com and Gorm is spelled G-O-R-M. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I appreciate you taking the time. That was episode 29, a conversation with Mamogo Ogoro. Make sure you leave us a review everywhere you listen to the podcast. And if you like what you hear, remember to share our show within your network. And also connect with us through our social handles or our website at narratives-of-purpose.podcastpage.io. Until the next episode, take care of yourselves, stay well, and stay inspired. This podcast was produced by Tom at Rustic Studios. Rustic Studios.